a Midnight Waffles podcast. This is Battle Stations, a podcast about the Columbus Destroyers and the Arena Football League. I'm Frank Walker. Well, we are now at the end of the first season of Columbus Destroyers football, uh, at least for the return of the Destroyers. It was a disappointment as far as the uh, game on the field went, but we press on. Uh, it is a we're heading into the playoffs now. Uh, as far as the Arena Football League goes, as we've talked about before on the show, the plan is to keep going through the Arena Football League postseason and and keeping that going. And that's what today's show is. Uh, first of all, we have kind of a season wrap up uh, with Coach Matt Sonk that where we talk with him about what happened um, and his final thoughts before heading into the. Heading into uh, the off season there, and then we have a nice conversation with uh, BJ and David from uh, AFLFanzone.com. Have some talk about the upcoming playoffs and those opening games. So let's start with our conversation with head Destroyers head coach Matt Sock. Now welcome to Battle Stations, Columbus Destroyers head coach Matt Sock. Well, coach, we're we're here to the end of the 2019 campaign. How how are you feeling? How's how's life going? I mean, obviously, you know, it was uh, it was a tough tough year, but uh, I'm already looking forward to next year. Uh, I'm I'm ready I'm I'm ready for camp next year um, at this point. So I, I'm excited about what we have. Uh, I, I know that we'll be able to to do well in the off season, but uh, yeah, uh, obviously, I'm a little bit uh, you know disappointing this past year, but overall, I'm looking forward to what uh, what we have in the future. All right, and and before we get onto those those. Quick questions about the future. There, the final game of the season. How? What was your feelings about that game? I mean, it was. I, I I was. I would say I was kind of impressed with how competitive it was. I didn't really know what to expect with the new players, the new quarterback, all that. I was. I was impressed to see how the Destroyers showed up. What were your thoughts on that? Um, extremely happy. I mean, you know, we had. I think we had talked about but fourteen new guys in the last two weeks, including a quarterback. Um, for us to go out there and and compete and drive in the last you know minute to have a chance to win it against the number two seed in in the AFL, um, I want to be honest. I'm I'm extremely happy. I think our coaching staff did a great job uh, getting the guys prepared, and obviously I think that you know the players did a good job of preparing themselves and and you know being ready to play. And were you impressed with with uh, Kyle Rowley's performance? I mean, just coming in on a week. I I don't know if he spent any time with the team in any forms of training camp or anything else. H- how impressed were you by his performance this last this last week? You know, again, I thought you did a great job. I mean, he, he's a guy who's been in the league for many years. Um, you know, his, his biggest problem was you know really just you know saying the verbiage again. Uh, the last time I worked with him, I believe, was two thousand and fourteen with Portland. So, you know, he did a good job of preparing himself. He came in, made some great throws, um, under pressure. Um, and you know, it kept us in the game. Again, we scored 50 points and, you know, again, this is against a team that's, uh, you know, the number two seed in the league. Uh, they played all their guys. It wasn't like they were trying not to win or didn't really care. Um, so, I mean, this was a game where I felt like, you know, Coaching staff wise, player wise, you know everyone showed up and and, and really did a great job of, of playing hard. All right, now looking back on the season as a whole, I know with one and eleven, it's not it's not the season you want it to be. But 
what what were the top positives you take away from from the 2019 season? Um, you know, the fact that we fought every game. I mean, there was you know 10 out of 12 games we were we were in it. Um, I love the fact that I have uh, the ability to have possibly 16, you know, 17 rookies um, that are now going to be considered veterans going into next year. Um, who, you know, in, in our exit interviews have um, wanted to come back. And that's that's positive. So, um, you know, our goal next year will, will obviously be to – we want to add some more veterans, obviously. Um, obviously, we want to kind of see what we can do in the, in, in the free agent market. Um, but, you know, I, I'm excited about what we have vet- – or I'm sorry, not veteran, but, you know, rookie-wise. Um, and the fact that, you know, with a year under, underneath their belt, uh, coming back next year, they should be a lot more comfortable. Understand what it takes to be an arena guy, uh, you know, with conditioning, weightlifting, their weight, um, strength, and all that stuff. Now, there's a, a interesting feeling because they with the everybody in the league on one-year contracts. I mean, next year is kind of another free-for-all for guys, and then we have the potential of the XFL and whatever else is going on. How do you kind of strategize going on an off season like this? Where there's so many unknowns. I mean, obviously there's the whole AFL up for grabs, but yeah. like you're saying the XFL and and guys trying out for NFL camps and everything else. Yeah, I mean, obviously you never know what you're going to get. Uh, you know, you're talking you know three months until we have a chance to probably you know even offer guys, and you got the XFL coming in. Um, so, and you know, the, probably this, the disadvantage we have is the fact that we are a young team with guys that can still be in that type of league. Um, you know, you have a team like Albany who has 11 guys uh, over 30. You know, those guys are not going to the XFL. So that is a disadvantage. Uh, but the good thing is that we've got a full off season, which is awesome, to look at players, whether it's rookies, veterans, whatever it is, um, evaluate, come up with a plan, know who we're going to go after, start contacting guys, uh, and, you know, hopefully be the first person to contact them that way that, you know, if, if later on down the road, if they don't get that contract in the XFL, CFL or NFL, that, you know, we were the first team to contact them. And that makes a difference. You know, we, you know, we lost a guy in, in, in Wheelwright to, um, to Baltimore because, you know, his decision came down to the fact that they were the first to contact us. So he felt like he had to obligate that. And so now that we have a full off season, you know, myself and the, and the personnel guy are going to do a great job of making sure that we're contacting these guys um, and making sure that we're, you know, the first person to con- to do that. All right. And and as an arena football league coach, I mean, what does the off season look like for you? I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're going back to Utah. I mean, is it something where most of your energies are still on football? Is it, you know, obviously you're going to have more family time. Do you focus on what business you have there? What does that – look like for an arena football league coach going into the off season? Well, right now, you know, I'll, I'll probably take, uh, you know, the, the rest of this week off. I fly back home on Saturday. Uh, more than likely, I'll, you know, I'll take a week off. But, you know, we're going to get into next year. I mean, that's 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 what we're going to do. We're going to start looking at free agents, um, you know, rookie guys, uh, start looking at their film, uh, you know, start ranking them, guys that we want to contact, start calling them, letting them know that we're in uh, interested um, and start doing that way. Uh, we're, again, we're, we're going to be as active as possible. Um, obviously, we can't deal with, you know, veterans until after, 
you know, the basically the uh, signing period where only the team that has their rights can offer them. Uh, and that's probably sometime in October. But we want to make sure that we are very active in the free agent market with the rookies where, you know, we can contact them, talk to them, uh, let them know that we're interested. Um, you know, because, again, you know, if we bring back, you know, 24 guys, 23 guys uh, from, you know, this past uh, season roster, we still have to fill in, you know, 10, uh, you know, 15 guys somewhere around there to, to get into a camp. So it's important that we really hone in on, on those rookie free agents we want to go after. And obviously, you know, the veterans that don't resign with their team, um, you know, when that happens. All right. And final question this evening with, with this kind of season behind you, I mean, are there any lessons that you're like, you know what, I'm going to remember this after what happened this year, going to the next year. I mean, what, what were those, those, were there any top learning moments for you? Things where you're like, you know what, I'm going to remember that next time around. Um, <laughs> probably not go as young as I went. Um, I, I think that's probably the biggest lesson. And, you know, the good thing is that I think, you know, ownership, you know, came back to me and, and, and really, um, you know, backed me in the fact that, uh, you know, that what we did was probably a good thing, that we have a bunch of young guys. And, you know, these guys are, you know, because here's the issue, is that if you bring in two to four teams next year, like there isn't that many veterans to go around. So you have to have rookies. And the good thing about it is we have, I, you know, I'd have to look, but I, it's somewhere around 16 or more rookies that actually played this year. So that's big. And, you know, those guys are obviously going to be free agents. They can sign with anyone they want, uh, you know, past the, the period that we can. Um, and, you know, that's their right if they want to do it. But, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is, is to um, re-sign what we have and then bring in guys that are veterans of the league that, you know, could come in and help the team um, and obviously make us better. All right. So it sounds like this season you did uh, did the Lord's work there, deepening the talent pool for the Arena Football League. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully those. I mean, you know, we, you know, in our exit interviews, all those guys want to come back. It's a great situation in Columbus. You know, our practice facility. You know how we treat players. Uh, how we travel is first class. Like everything is is done first class. And to me, that's a positive. So you know, I didn't really have anyone that said, you know, hey. You know, with me asking, like, are you interested in coming back? And they said no. Every guy that we that we wanted to come back, that we asked, you know, they they said yeah, hundred percent. You know, this is a a town that we want to come back to. And you know, again, Columbus is it, Columbus is a football town, and it's a town that will back you. I mean, we were one in eleven, and we had crowds that we shouldn't be having them, but because it's a football town, we did. So we start winning. Um, I think those things are only going to, you know, multiply and get better. Well, coach, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show tonight. I, I think that I can speak for all destroyers fans when I say thank you for, for this first season. And, and even though it was rough, we're all happy that the destroyers are back in Columbus and that everyone's excited about, about next season. Yeah. Well, one is I appreciate it. You know, all the, all year long, you've done a great job of, of supporting this team. And it, you know, again, it's, it's not easy when you, when you're one eleven. It's not. It's not like we dominated, uh, but again, I you know we we tried to make sure that we did everything right. Uh, but I, I just appreciate you you know doing what you do and 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 backing us. 
Thank you very much, Coach. You have a great evening, okay? Enjoy the time off. All right, take care. Thank yeah, thanks. And welcome to the Battle Stations podcast. Uh, a couple of friends of the show from AFLFanzone.com, BJ and David. How are you doing tonight, guys? I'm doing, doing great. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> Let's just doing talk good. over each other. I was trying to give him the first talk, and you know that's how it works. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> <laughs> These things tend to be mishmashes after a while, anyway. It'll be all, it'll all be good. So, all right. So we got you know what was what was a pretty fun pretty fun uh, regular season of arena football. We're heading into the playoffs this weekend. I figure we'll start with the game that starts on Saturday, Baltimore and Albany. I'm not sure which one of you wants to start with this, but do, do either one of you feel like you want to figure out a way to, to talk me into thinking the Brigade are going to win this series? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think that, I mean, they, they have a potential maybe to win one of the games. I, I, I don't see them winning both, uh, honestly, and probably not by enough of a margin, but I think they have enough uh, playmakers on defense to where they could slip up and maybe at least win one of them. But yeah, because it is a, a two game uh, aggregate series, I, I don't see uh, Baltimore beating Albany twice because I think they're going to have to actually beat them twice instead of like win one game, and then lose by less than they won the first game by for sure. Well, I, I think uh, as a Washington Valor fan, I can tell you point blank that you only need to win one game. Uh, last year we lost by a two-point conversion in overtime that only lost by one point, and then we went into Albany and won by seven and went into the Arena Bowl. So theoretically, you only have to win one game. Do I think Baltimore can do it? You know, Joe Hills is coming off of his suspension. I think they're going to be revving and ready to go. Uh, they're going into Albany, which is always tough place to play, but they did beat Albany in their house this year. It was a high-scoring game. The defenses did not show up in that game. I really think that Baltimore does have a shot to do it because they're going to Albany first and then they come home to defend their house. If they can find a way to keep it close in the first game, there is always a shot in the second game. I can't convince you to believe that, but there's always a shot to do it. Well, yeah, I, get, I mean, it makes sense when we have a Valor fan on, yeah, that that whole, you know, it's mm-hmm. the playoffs, who knows what's going to happen, that that comes to light there. Um, so, yeah, and you mentioned in that first game, that Baltimore did beat them, and it it looked like in that one they they got it in the. It looked like maybe it was on the strength of turnovers. Is it something where they you know they you think they need Albany to trip up, or do you think Baltimore just has enough talent that they can they can make a win out of these out of these games and and get enough points to to go on to the second round? I really think they need Albany to trip up a little bit. You know, in the two games Albany lost this year, I noticed that they went. Uh, for onside kicks at like times where they maybe didn't need to do an onside kick or they were trying to surprise the other team. And just a couple little mistakes like that where they were almost seemed like they were overthinking it a little bit. And um, the last couple of games watching uh, Baltimore's quarterback, uh, Shane Boyd, he uh, is just getting the ball out kind of late. And I don't know. I just I don't see it. I think that Albany's going to have to make more mistakes than Baltimore is uh, for the brigade to pull off a win in this one, uh, especially in, in two straight games. So, like I said, I, I don't see it. I, I mean, yeah, obviously anything's possible if they, you know, something bounces funny or, or somebody trips and falls or something. It definitely could happen. But, yeah, I definitely think Albany's going to have to trip up uh, versus Baltimore just rise up and, and outplay them. Yeah, and uh, Shane Boyd is having a tough stretch here as of recently. I think uh, I don't I don't know that it has anything to do with his former Kentucky teammate uh, Jared Lorenzen dying, but 
for the past four or five weeks, ever since that has gone down, his his game has gone down. Uh, now they did have a knuckle dragger with the Valor, where the two teams got into a fight during the game after the game, and you know, but this is this is a different team than we saw early on in the year. Early on in the year, Baltimore was scoring at will, and they had a defense that could stop you just about any time they really wanted to. Uh, this is a different team. Their defense has taken a couple hits. Joe Powell is still playing at his MVP form for the defense. I think he's going to be a defensive all arena this year. I mean, he's, he's doing really well. Uh, can they stop Albany though? Albany's offense is just offensive. I mean, it is, it is <laughs> unbelievable the way that they are stacking numbers. Can they keep that up? Tommy Grady is playing in MVP form. He is one of the top two candidates for MVP this year. Malachi is top three. So, you know, they got two of the top three MVP candidates on that offense. So can can Baltimore find a way? They just have to find a way to hang in Albany and then come back home and find a way to do the same thing. It, Like I said, anything's possible. Do I think it's going to happen? I, I really don't, but I – as like I said, as a Valor fan, I got faith that it can happen. So it it sounds like from what I'm hearing in this, especially with the idea of just kind of hanging around, do we? I mean, you, you don't really see much in the way of what I'd say conservative play calling in the Arena Football League. But from Baltimore's perspective, is this the kind of thing where you want to slow the game down and just minimize possessions and try and keep the overall scoring low to try and stay in it? Is I mean, is that what you'd expect to see them try and keep this kind of a more plotting game by arena football league standards i don't think they can i don't think you can slow albany down like that it's every game this year albany has scored i believe if i'm remembering the stat right have scored 45 plus uh so if 45 is on their low end or wait did i think maybe they scored 36 against columbus that first game or whatever when Mm -hmm. columbus held them close uh but either way you have fun trying to slow that offense down. You can do anything you want to, short of kneecapping Malachi and Tommy Grady <laughs> and, 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 you know, Colin Taylor. Uh, you, short of doing that, you're not going to slow this offense down. So you need to find a way to slow them down other ways. Like, get a good turnover. Find a way to get that, you know, promising onside kick that nobody saw coming. Like I said, when Baltimore beat them earlier this year, they beat them by staying in the game score-wise. I think that wasn't the score like sixty-three to sixty-one or something like that. You yeah, gotta, it was pretty close. Mm. You but, got a shootout, so that's the only way. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah, go go ahead. I was just gonna say the score was it was close, but it was much lower score. It was forty-two forty-one. Uh, oh, so it, yeah, okay. it was a lower scoring game, but it was that close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you know Baltimore. If they want to slow down the game, they're going to have to win the toss at the beginning and take the ball. I think. I think you know if they want to limit possessions, they're going to have to get the ball first, and they'll be able to limit possessions maybe in the first quarter. <laughs> but like BJ was saying, I mean, you just you can't do it. Albany usually scores on like one play at least twice a game, like you just one snap and touchdown. So they're just you're going to have to, I think, find some really well timed onside kicks. And then maybe maybe occasionally go for two when they're not expecting it and get it, you know what I mean? And get eight points instead of seven here and there along the way. And then maybe uh, maybe one one additional onside kick. Maybe maybe if they lose the first coin toss, kick an onside kick to start the game. You know, something like that. You know, just something out of the blue where they may not be looking for it. And I think that's the way they're going to have to. Only real way they'll be able to control the game because otherwise Albany just scores too fast. 
And let's not forget that Albany just added Maurice Leggett to their defense. So a defense that was already sporting some pretty good hands on the other side, now they've added NFL talent, CFL talent to their defense again. So you're talking about a team that's already had problems scoring as of lately coming up against an even better defense than they played earlier in the season. That's a good point. All right. Now, before we get to to the next game uh, that we're seeing this weekend, the game's going to be happening Sunday afternoon there, uh, the the Philadelphia Soul at the Washington Valor. I want to take a second that's kind of an in-between – are we? Is it so? As, as you, you guys, do you guys like this kind of playoff format with the 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 two games, the aggregate scoring, or are you kind of hoping that next year when we see expansion, this kind of goes away? Or what are your feelings on it? Um, for uh, for me, yeah, I think uh, I think if you're going to do aggregate scoring in the first round, the Arena Bowl almost needs to be aggregate scoring too, uh, and so that's kind of how I see it. So I think with expansion, I would love to see it it go away, especially if they just go to eight teams next year. You just have, you know, an eight, four, two format, I think would look, uh, would be a lot cleaner, you know, but I mean, but it is unique to arena too, though. So I can, I can see some good points on it, but just overall for me, I think that, uh, you know, as the league expands, I would like to see maybe the aggregate scoring piece, uh, go away, especially because they're not using, um, if we looked at those tiebreakers, it was strength of schedule trumped, uh, head to head point differential. So, I mean, if they flip that to where aggregate scoring means more in the regular season standings, uh, then I could see it meaning more in the playoffs. But as of right now, it's not. It's only the third level tiebreaker or something. So it doesn't make sense for it to be that that big a deal in the playoffs, at least in my opinion. Oh, well, I mean, me personally, I love it. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty big soccer fan in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that I do love about it is that you're guaranteed a home playoff game. You get these teams that sneak in here. Last year, we snuck in. I mean, honestly, there was only four teams we snuck in. But we got a home playoff game. And you know what? And that's revenue for the owners. That's revenue for the team. It's revenue for the league. I don't think it's going anywhere. I really don't. I don't think that you're going to – even if you put eight teams in, they let four teams make it again. Uh, If you get ten teams in there, they let eight teams make it in. That's fine. But I, I really don't see this going anywhere because it's revenue and in a league that is striving to build itself and make itself so different from the NFL, I think it sticks around no matter what you want to do. I, I think part of where it, it has some staying power is this, if they stick with a if they stay with a twelve game regular season. I think mm-hmm. if they tried to expand and go to like fourteen or sixteen game regular season and then do this on top of it, I think that might stretch the season out too much for him, but with the 12 game regular season, I think it's, it's all right. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I agree a little more with Dave on the idea of, of just, I, I like the idea of going, going to one game shots and maybe we'll see that when he goes to expansion, but maybe you're right, BJ, maybe it's, it's sticking around and, and there is a certain element of fun to it. That's, uh, that that's a little <laughs> different. And it, I can see fans enjoying being rewarded with a home playoff game if your team makes it. So, um, all right, so jumping into the next series here. So we've got the Valor and the Soul. Now, these teams met twice in the regular season. The The Valor took both of those games. Does that, in your mind, does that tell us anything about where this series may be going or, or what we may be seeing with this one? Um, for, yeah, for me, I think um, it definitely could. It definitely says a, a lot to me. You know, Philadelphia was really sort of rough early on, but it was that second loss to the Valor that kind of turned everything around for them. So 
in, in that regard, maybe they'll be fired up for it and, and, and ready to play. But it just really felt like to me watching the watching the game, especially in Philly, that um, Nelson, Arvell Nelson, just he had their number. He knew it's almost like he knew what kind of coverage they were going to run. He just, you know, he just basically was able to do whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. So I do think it does have some bearing on the game. I think that the Washington, uh, you know, they're obviously the higher seeds, so they'll be favored and should be because I think that um, uh, Philadelphia, especially, I mean, they were playing their subs last weekend, but I mean, they got dismantled up at Albany. But um, that was um, <clears throat> so. That's not something that you want to see uh, walking right into into the postseason, even with a lot of backups playing. But um, yeah, I think you know it's going to come down to to Philadelphia having to change their mindset a little bit on how they're going to play defense, how they're going to defend Nelson. And um, so, yeah, I think the first two games definitely have a lot to, to do with, um, with this. one. I'm sure there's a lot of film study uh, going on at the Wells Fargo Center this week. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Uh, but, you know, both those games were close. I think the, uh, the game up in Philadelphia was like six points or seven points, if I remember right. And then the game in Washington came down to a Josh Reese 45-yard touchdown with like 16 seconds to go to go up to win that game both games are close uh you know if you want to make that bulletin board material for a team then you obviously got the wrong guys in the locker room they don't look at i've talked to so many guys this year they don't look at it like that it's just it's just a number in a column for them uh you know but philadelphia has had the valors number for the past couple years uh this is the first time that we've swept the season series but Arbel Nelson is having an MVP-type season. I know, like I said earlier, him and Tommy Grady are going to fight it out for the award. Uh, you know, the thing is, is, you know, the Valor honestly have a chip on their shoulder. And I know that they've beaten the Philadelphia Soul this year twice, but they, they totally feel disrespected. I've talked to a number of the guys after the games. They all say it. They, they don't like Philly, and Philly doesn't like them. It's not a, a love-hate relationship like Baltimore and Washington have because they're big brother and little brother, but Philadelphia and Washington just don't get along. They've never fought each other, but they just don't. And, you know, Nelson does have the Philadelphia's defense's number. Uh, what I think is we're going to get out of this is going to be another close game. I think it's going to be within seven points, and then we're going to go up to the Wells Fargo Center, and they're going to duke it out. And uh, like I said, I think this is going to be the closest contended series of the two. Uh, I think Albany's probably going to win by a 14-point aggregate when it's all said and done, but I think the Valor and the Soul are going to come down with it within three or four. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that, too. I think it's definitely going to be very close. It's really going to come down to um, can Philly's defense figure out something to do with Nelson, get him to turn the ball over, get some pressure, make him make a mistake or something, come up with some kind of a, a kind of a big play. You know, James Romain uh, has had made big play after big play uh, for uh, the soul this year. But in those Valor games, he wasn't necessarily uh at his at his best and so i think that you know he might might realize that and and be looking to make a big play and so if we can get a big play out of him i think definitely the soul has a shot to uh to come out of washington with a win and then i think philly plays much better at the wells fargo center than they do on the road so um that that would be what would have to happen i think for philly to, to pull out the series but i agree with bj it's going to be made three or four points uh aggregate for sure now, looking at how the two teams' seasons unraveled, it was it, or not unraveled, but just played out. Uh, I mean, the Valor, just looking at their schedule and how they played, there was kind of this almost balance to it. I mean, they they lost the first two, won the next three, and then loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, win. I mean, it's pretty balanced. Whereas Philadelphia, 
had kind of some streaky runs. They had a, a streak of three losses and a streak of four wins during the season. If you're Philadelphia, especially after that last loss where Albany just, as you said, kind of dismantled them, does that streakiness cause some concern if you're a Philadelphia Soul fan going into this game? Because I, I understand it was you know, kind of that late-season game. You know you're going to the playoffs. But when we've talked to Coach Sock, something that's come, that, that makes a lot of sense is in the Arena Football League, it's not like you're putting in a whole string of second stringers. You don't have that many guys on the team to begin with. So it's not as if you're just saying, okay, here's the white flag team or whatnot. I mean, if, if you're Philadelphia, are you worried about that as far as how you've seen your team perform? Um, I, I think it was a little, it was a little troubling, you know, I mean, I do know they put in backups, but you know, I mean, both teams put in a backup quarterback and Albany still got the 72 points. So, um, yeah, I, I was a little troubled by it. I'm a little more troubled with the streakiness of the team. Like you were saying, you know, they had three losses in a row then four wins in a row. Well, now they've lost one. Are they going to lose two more? Are they going to put it back together? So, um, I mean, I'm really hoping that just kind of that playoff experience they had from, you know, the previous years of, of winning the Arena Bowl, uh, I think in 16 and 17, um, that maybe they'll kind of rely on that past experience to kind of refocus the team, maybe get some veterans going. I think, um, you know, uh, the quarterback for Philly, Dan Rodaval, has got to have uh, a sharp start to the games. He's been a little shaky in some of the games that they've lost, especially at the beginning with accuracy, just uh, missing some open throws and things like that. I and mean, maybe it's on the receivers. You know, you can't really tell sometimes. But yeah, I think I think it is a little concerning. Um, it, it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be very telling after, at the end of the first quarter um, if Philly's going to really be fighting for this. Yeah, and especially after Philly lost uh, Washka earlier this year, I really thought they were going to go in the tank. You know, because he was one of their number one targets, and then they went on that that run. And now that run, they didn't really blow out anybody other. I think they blew. Did they blow out Columbus? I can't remember. Uh, I don't, don't recall actually. Yeah, now that I'm yeah, thinking uh, about yeah. it, the, on their what on their winning streak there? Yeah, on that mm-hmm. on the game winning streak, I think they only blew out one team. Everybody else was really close. They blew. Yeah. Uh, they beat they, Albany by by one or two or whatever it was, and then. You know, it was just a, a, a good streak. Yeah, yeah, win's a win, but they didn't manhandle anybody at that point. And then to get handled by 50 in that last game. And like you said, yeah, they did put in some backups, but so did Albany. So in that case, you're still getting you're still getting manhandled. So is that going to be something that's psychologically against them coming into the game? I really don't think so. I think they're a bunch of veterans. And like, like David said, they did win the Arena Bowl in 16 and 17. You know, and so I, I think – I think that they're just going to come into this game. It's, it's a clean slate. Everybody's 0-0. Just dig down, find out what everybody's about, and can can they find a way to stop Nelson? And can Nelson find a way to punch one more in the end zone? Because he had eight touchdowns last week, and I think he had like six or seven the week before. So he's on a roll. He's, he leads the league in touchdowns, leads the league in total yards, leads the league in rushing yards, leads the league in rushing yard touchdowns. So can you find a way to stop that guy? He's a big boy. He he loves to run over people. He loves to stuff it down your throat. Can Philadelphia find a way to do that? And I think that's going to be the game plan. Find a way to stop Arvell Nelson, and you find a way to stop the Valor. All right. Thank yeah, you. I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for, uh, for your time this evening, gentlemen. And I do want to let you, you know, if you have any last thoughts on this weekend's games before you go, what what's the, the last thing you'd want to part to people with before they uh, watch these games over the weekend? Um, I think for me, you know, just watching, you know, the the Albany game is is watch uh, what Baltimore decides to do with Malachi Jones. You know, how are they going to try and defend him? 
uh, you know, coming in motion and things like that. And, and I think that will determine whether they're going to stay competitive or not. Um, for the Philly game, I think you got to keep an eye on James Romaine. Is he going to be able to step in front of a couple of passes? If he can do that, then Philly's moving, you know, maybe moving on to the championship game. If he can't uh, get some coverage on that, then the soul might be in some trouble. Yeah, and then the same thing for me uh, in, in the Albany-Baltimore game. I think Baltimore needs to get hands in, in Grady's face immediately. He gets the ball out of there extremely fast already. But if you can get your hands in there immediately and let Joe Powell and those defensive backs just kind of try and cover and put some hands up over Malachi, you're going to have a chance to slow them down. I don't know that they're going to be able to. But in the Philadelphia-Washington game, it's all about Nelson. It, it really is. If, if you can stop Nelson, then you stop the Valor because – I think all but five of the touchdowns the Valors have scored this year have come through Nelson. So stop Nelson, you stop the Valor, but I don't see it, and go Valor. All right, thank you very much for your time this evening, gentlemen. Uh, look forward to it, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Battle Stations. 